Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. Oh, hey, Destiny Church. So good to be with you. I am with one of my very favorites, Jan Hicks. I'm going to introduce her in a moment, but I am so grateful to be with you, Jan. Hence your background there. Grateful. Um, everybody, I am in the U.S. right now when you're watching this. In fact, I'm actually in my living room. Some of you probably recognize my living room. Um, Zooming with Jan for this interview that is going to be, I believe, very powerful today. We're excited about it. And we've had a little bit of teaser talking about what we're going to talk about beforehand. And um, God was even moving in that conversation. I'm in the U.S. right now, probably hanging out with Jan, actually, um, when you're watching this video. But um, because Jan is where I'm from. So hopefully we'll get to see you, Jan, while we're there and, and hang out. Uh, everybody, glad you're glad you're in church today. If it's your first time, I look forward to meeting you soon. Uh, Megan and I, we're the location pastors of Destiny Church, Nuremberg region, and we would be honored to meet you and excited to end this series today. We've been in a series called Free, and God has been doing so much. I know when I dive into a series like this in teaching, God does so much in me. And uh, as he works on me, I love to just deliver what he's speaking to me, to you. Um, And God's been doing so much in that. And so I'm excited today because Jan Hicks is uh, a powerful woman of God. And she she is uh, she has her own ministry. um, And she wrote a book called Crossing to Freedom. If she has any expertise, she has many giftings, many talents. And uh, she has the word in her, but if she has one expertise that's really blessed my life, and I've seen her, seen it bless um, our family's life and so many others' life, it is this topic of freedom. And it, I believe it comes out of this place, really, Jan, of what God has done in your life. We talked last week in the sermon about the man who walked and picked up his mat, We talked about how when he carried his mat home, really, that was his testimony. And God frees you from something. And it's not meant that we forget it, but it becomes a testimony. It no longer it holds us down and we're no longer relying on whatever that thing is that he's freed us from. And so, Jan, uh, amazing ministry, worldwide ministry. You have you have um, Christian counselors um, on your staff and you're seeing you have we could probably be here for days upon days talking about the testimonies that you've seen from people being freed of um we could we could qualify or quantify those things little or big things but um so many testimonies i know but i think one of the most powerful is your testimony maybe you can give us a a quick snippet of where god has brought you to see you now have a powerful ministry today 
I'll give you a snippet because it's a 10 week seminar all by itself. So, <laughs> but I want to say something you, you mentioned about the mat and he carried his mat. And when we were talking, you, you had the picture of, he took the mat as he with him, but it didn't take what it represents, but it, it, he took the power that it represents what he came out of. And you said something about putting it at the front door and people wiping their feet to come in. Immediately, I saw that scripture about he is under our feet. He is under our feet, talking about Satan and that mat being there, wiping your feet on you know what the enemy always wants to do with all of us, as he wanted to do with me. And we talk freedom. And Daniel, we don't know that we need it until we get it. We don't know we have it, need it until we have it. And when we feel the presence and the power of God and freedom in our lives, we're like, how did I live without this? And so that's what happened in my testimony. Uh, I, I throw out my age just because it's never a breath too late until the last breath. So I were in just two months, less than two months, I'll be 73. So at 42, I gave my life to Jesus. I didn't go to church to do it. I didn't plan on doing it. I liked where I was. I was an alcoholic sticking needles in my arm every day, doing cocaine, heroin, meth, whatever, for 12 years, addicted to pornography, very abusive. Well, I wasn't as very abusive. I was in very abusive relationships that the bitterness, anger, hatred, murder, rage was inside of me, manipulation and control to, to survival place always. But I didn't even know I was unhappy until I got set free, until I surrendered to Jesus. I even tried to take the life of two different people in my own earthly father stopped my hand from taking the life of my uncle who had started molesting me as a small child. So there's the snippet of the testimony. But when Jesus came in, when I surrendered to him, and, and again, I didn't go to church to surrender him. That's another different story. I went there for another reason, my own manipulation reason. But in that, God grabbed me and I allowed myself to surrender to him. I, I I fought that over the years many times, I know. And I made a decision that night. And when I released myself to him and I surrendered to him, I was instantly delivered from alcohol and pornography and drugs. I never went back to those places. Did I have temptation? Yes. But I didn't go back to those places. Lord taught me, gave me strength to stand through. So it wasn't, I was so delivered that I couldn't go back. I could have. But I didn't know Jesus. So to stay strong, I didn't know what I was doing then. I just started reading the Bible, started at the front page and went to the back page. I walked and read the word. What I now know is my flesh that was so strong and so in control in my life lost its power when I read the word. I put it in. I didn't understand it. That Leviticus stuff, like, what does that mean? But I read it. I read it out loud. And and that fed my spirit. My spirit rose up. So I have this saying, I say, spirit, rise up, flesh, shut up. Spirit, rise up, flesh, shut up. And some mornings I'll get up saying that because I'll say it until my spirit says, I'm here. I'm here. You know, we overcome the enemy ourselves. <laughs> By the word of God, so we stay strong. And you're right. Through that, a ministry was birthed of what God did in my life. 
Wow. So I could share that with others and give hope because it didn't end that day. Come on. And so, so t- tell me again, you were 42 when you gave your life to Jesus. Yeah. I think that's so powerful because, because I think a lot of times we can think, oh, I'm too far gone or I've been that way for so long when God began to deal with you and free you from those things. Um, what would you say to somebody who maybe has lived life and has been that way for a long time and it just maybe becomes part of their maybe identity it feels to be what would you say to a person well one thing for sure that life has gotten better I started off at first thinking God please forgive me I wasted 42 years but Instead of that, he has started restoring anything that I could have lost. And these last 10 years, probably the last five especially, have been the greatest years of ministry and ministering to people. So until that last breath, we are right in it to win it and we keep going. But our identity can we, cause this confusion. We feel worthless. We feel no good. We feel rejected. We have fear of rejection, self-rejection everything that tells us we don't deserve that or let me finish this last pack of cigarettes and then I'll give my life to Jesus or I need to quit smoking I need to quit drinking my language um, we want to fix ourselves so we feel that we are worthy enough to ask Jesus in our life and he's like come on I got you that night I surrendered I hadn't fixed anything he got every bit of it and that's when he started teaching me how to walk in freedom and my identity because Daniel even though I was saved and delivered of all those things that night I still couldn't believe Jesus for me because the men in my life that abused me to me Jesus I'm not thinking of God the Father the Holy Spirit I'm thinking Jesus as a man because they, they he's spoken of that when I was listening to preachings and stuff and so I think I you know I had this invisible wall I didn't know that's like yeah he's gonna reject me mm-hmm. he's gonna abuse me mm-hmm. yeah I can't I can trust him for you because the word said it I was starting to believe the word but I didn't believe it for me because I didn't deserve it you have no clue the things I did the places I went the horrible situations I was in that would turn most people would walk out the door if they knew until that time in life when I recognized he I'm not an orphan he adopted me everything that's his is mine I have to receive it I have to believe it and in faith walk in it and when I started doing that I thought it's not that if I'm worthy or not worthy, it's that's the gift he gives to me. Mm. And if his word has that promise, that provision, he's made a way. And my thoughts were messing me up. And that is the strongest thing that we fight is our thoughts. Our thoughts lead us where we are and will take us where we're going. Wow. And and oftentimes the enemy loves to to plant those seeds of thoughts. And we can often we can often blame the enemy for for our own thoughts, right? But he's planted seeds of rejection. You mentioned rejection and and that's so huge because then we go through life looking for acceptance and then our decisions, everything we we do kind of flows out of that foundation of hurt and um and, and woundedness. Mm-hmm. And and so so you counsel people often. Um and we mentioned a lot of things like your testimony is so powerful. Um and there's certainly there's certainly a lot of that 
probably underlying within people's lives, but also maybe what is some of the, the things that you've seen people freed from or that you've counseled people on that would maybe be considered not, um, not like highlights, like big testimony things that people are like, oh, maybe I don't have a testimony or some people may say, oh, I don't need to be freed from that. Or even in your life now, things that you have to stop and say, I need forgiveness or I need to pray through that. Um, what are some things like that that you've seen um, that would maybe encourage us to kind of keep an eye out for and to pray through? Right. You know, it was so righteous and holy sometimes, but you know, you, well, let's get into reality today. Okay. I'm a, pa I'm a pastor. There's nothing wrong with me. I know. I know. So I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your congregation today. <laughs> I might need some counseling. <laughs> Which on this day, you would actually be here with me. I'm going to talk to them. I'm tell them about you. No. Oh. But we all judge. We all have inner vows. We have sinful responses. We have expectations. We have expectations of people that absolutely have no clue, nor could they follow through in that expectation if they even knew. But we want people to do what we want them to do that meet our expectations. That's a sin. Those are sinful places because in that place, we do start judging. We have opinions. We have offenses. We take offenses. Uh, and and uh, that little identity tree or that fruit that we observe is really a reflection of what's going on inside of our mental software, mm -hmm. you know, in our brain, again, in our thinking places. So gossiping and I mean, there's some huge, huge identity things that we all would go, Ooh, that's, that's a biggie. But those little foxes mm. that sneak in those little places where we find ourselves talking to others about someone else, that's, that's big. Mm. And what we do is we have to recognize, or when we even feel rejection, that's sin. Do you know, rejection is idolatry. Wow. Because if I receive your, you rejecting me for real or not, but if I believe you are and I focus and I waller, that's a Southern word, waller wow. in that place for a while and just take on ownership of it, then I'm saying your feelings about me, your words about me, your thoughts about me, your actions about me are far more important for me to focus on than who God the creator says I really am. Wow. So it's idolatry. So you're worshiping the other person because you're so focused and zeroed in on yeah. what they think about. Wow, that's that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. How much time do we waste focusing on things that are not important to kingdom? Uh, and it I mean, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. It comes in the little things, you know. I mean, it, it, it can be as simple as, you know, let me put a new filter on that you know, that Instagram post, right? Or yeah, 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 I'm not, yeah. not going to post that because what will people think, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, I said to you at the beginning, I go, do I look okay? Come on. Cares. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love, I love, Jan, what you said about expectations because so, so for me, this can be my counseling session um, because I found in me, I, I identified this in myself um, re recently when the kids are doing something, I found I, I'm, I'm never normally an angry person, but I found like anger rising up in when, when dealing with the kids. And I think that's a good point because what, what I maybe recognize is there's a certain expectation of maybe how my kids should obey. I'm expecting them to be a certain way. 
I'm expecting maybe my family to look a certain way, or I'm expecting, um, you know, the house to be a certain way or some kind of order. And as soon as my expectation isn't met, then frustration and anger rises up. Um, and I've seen that in me. And I think that's so good because that can come with Megan, my spouse. It can come with the, the people I'm in relationship with, my, my boss or whatever. When, that, when I have all these false expectations of people, how, okay, let, me, let me ask this maybe. How, how can I go about having a, a healthy expectation or do I remove expectations altogether? How do I navigate that? Yeah, we, we probably can't remove expectations. We just have to recognize the motive behind it. And I really have uh, trained myself in the sense of a habit of saying, Holy Spirit, what's my motive mm. behind this feeling about the situation? We can recognize that children are not miniature adults. Yeah. So they can't meet our expectation. We also often our expectations from someone else is what meets my need or an example I learned in life. Like this is how it was taken care of in my household. So why aren't we doing this wifey or why isn't this friend or uh, instead to know that everyone can't be like me. They don't need to be like me. They don't need to be like you and allow people to be who they are and change your reaction. We have to change reaction and our attitude, uh, our response, you know, because we react real quickly to a situation. That's where rage and anger comes up in from us because we saw that and called it normal in our household uh, as in our childhood. We find out that's not normal and it's not good, but I don't know how to get rid of this routine that has been part of my life. So when someone behaves that way, we have that expectancy and then we want to change them. And those, those are some of those are good changes, but we have to do it in a, a way that they're ready to receive that. But inside ourselves to know that just because this is what I'm used to, what works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for that person and allow them to be free to be who they are. And if it's something they need prayer about, pray about it. But we often want to go in and control it and change it. Mm. You know, so our true identity comes from him. Our expectations come from examples in our years prior of what we've learned in homes, workplace, church, just all the examples. And Holy Spirit, how am I supposed to respond to that? How do you want me to respond? And so many times it's not at all. You're not to respond. Let me handle this and go, oh, excuse me. Yeah, go ahead, Holy Spirit. <laughs> You're doing good. Um, that's that, you, you know, you mentioned this word control too. And I think, where does that sense of needing con to control everything? Where does that, where does that come from in us to have to? Fear. It's fear. Uh, every if we if we ask ourselves the the core of uh, almost all decisions that we make, especially negative decisions uh, that we make or things that we do or responses that we have, there's a fear somewhere. Mm. So what is that fear? Is that a fear of failing, a fear of success, a, a, a fear of losing, a fear? You know, and so when when we are fearful. For instance, in one of my marriages, yeah, you heard that. 
Okay, so <laughs> that control from him came from his fear of losing me because he had lost his father, his mother, everything. So he would even say to me, have you looked in the mirror? You better stick with me because then nobody going to have you. Wow. So then, then my image of me was ugly until I was 50, which was eight years after I got saved. The first time I looked at myself and said, girl, you're okay. Hmm. Yeah. But because I heard and some words spoken constantly. So we, we have to maintain that place that says, Lord, show me where, where I'm fear. What is that fear that's guiding me? Because fear will paralyze us and cause those expectations. And they come against the truth of God's reality, his kingdom place for us. We need to live in kingdom here on earth as well. You know, and we can to walk in that kingdom place. Are we going to make mistakes? Every one of us all the time. I, I, if I told you I was perfect, there would be my first mistake. Let's go talk about pride. Yeah. You know, so, so we are who we are. But the good news is when we learn to do better, we do it faster. Wow. So we don't stay in the ugly place as long. Yeah. So what's your fear? What's your fear? What causes you anxiety? What is that discomfort that's going on? Am I not trusting God? Because that's usually the real answer to fear is I'm trusting me to take care of this situation because God's running a little slow on that one today. So let me just help him out. <laughs> but that's that control place comes in is actually I'm I'm your Holy Spirit today, dear husband of mine or dear mm. children of mine, instead of like, mm, Lord, let me just pray and bless them. Come on. He says, I don't give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So anything yeah. that is that out of that place is, is certainly not from God. Yeah. Um, and it comes out of that place of rejection and wounds yeah. and hurt. And you yeah. mentioned words being spoken over you that cause you to receive some kind of identity. Um, yeah. Jan, so when, when you have these feelings, let's say anger, or you recognize control you know oh man i'm really trying to control this and i think kind of what we're talking about is some of these reactions to something deeper um we would say oftentimes it, there's a root issue there's something deeper on the under the surface that we can't see it's that picture of the iceberg you only see what's at the top but really there's a mass underneath um how do how do we get good at or how can we practice finding the root megan talks about this all the time because she's she trained with with you in the counseling and uh talking megan's actually really good um with this she's anytime she's like oh i'm finding the root of that how did how would you counsel us maybe or encourage us to say when something like that pops up how do i identify that and find the root of of that recognize that if you keep thinking of yourself the way you used to be, how you used to act, used to could be 30 seconds ago. But if you keep thinking of yourself that way, then that's exactly what you're going to continue to be. So when you acknowledge that I don't want my future that way, then I've got to take care of where I am now because this has already happened. Mm -hmm. And so we focus on improving ourselves, and because you're the only person you can control. You. So we speak what we seek. I believe that Philippians 4, 8, and I don't have it in front of me, but honestly, that is just a beautiful 
beautiful scripture that that if we fine tune our thinking to conform to Philippians 4, 8, we naturally begin to view ourselves and others with greater respect. So if you don't respect yourself, if you don't love who you are, then you will reflect upon others that negative, it'll be that filter. We mentioned filter a while ago uh, that we filter through what's in here and what's coming out of here. So that stinking thinking, when it gets changed, then we can change who we are. We can change how we respond to others and we see it faster. We develop it and it becomes part of our natural thinking process to remove the negative thinking process. And we go forward and we start it when? In the very moment. And and also, I think if we we um, sometimes we'll get into a situation that then ruins our life forever, ruins our day forever. That's wrong thinking. That is wrong thinking right there. We have a decision to make that this moment, this day, this ugly, ugly thing that just happened to me, this rape that I went through, that is not who I am. So when we recognize that moment is just a moment mm. and we can change from that moment. We cannot allow a moment to change our life forever in a negative way. We cannot. I love so, that. so let's don't. So, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. How do I think out of this? Where is that James 5:16 partner, that person that I can trust, I can go to, I can confess what happened to me or what I did to someone else that will love me where I'm at, accept me in that place, but will walk me through it, pray through it, break off of the, the negative, unclean uh, spirits that came upon me before because of that, because unforgiveness ends in murder whether it's murder in our heart or I did try to take someone's life, but it goes through that, those stages, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, retaliation, hatred, anger, and then murder in our hearts. It'll start here. It will go here unless we stop it. So let's stop it quickly. Come on. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Philippians, Philippians 4, 8 says this. I pulled it up on my handy dandy iPhone. Finally, brothers, because you're talking about reflecting on these things. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Because thinking is so powerful, right? As you said, mm -hmm. that's really good. See, that's a that's Paul. Look what all that... that chapter is it's about Paul and what he went through and all of the beatings and everything it had but instead what did he focus on mm. Come on. he focused on the positive he was motivated to look surely in this place there's a tiny bit of light as somebody's beating me or whatever it looked like for Paul he had so many things so he didn't focus on those things he praised God he grabbed a hold of that worthiness that in there is enough light for me to see. I'm going to praise the Lord right in the midst of all this. And then he had the breakthrough. Come on. So find the something. There's always something in the midst of the storm, in that moment that you can praise the Lord for.
And that value, that truth, that honor, that goodness, that joy-filled place becomes who we are. Because people, many times, I always say people, uh, look at joy and happiness on the same level, and they're nowhere near the same. They sound to be, but happy, you can be happy, you can be unhappy, it can be a good day, it can be a bad day. But the Lord says the joy comes in the morning, meaning every day he replaces us with joy. See, the joys that Paul placed in Philippians 4, 8, where he found something to praise the Lord about, that reflection of what's going on in life, instead of living in the negative place. Because the longer we stay there, the deeper we dig. Mm, come on. So if you feel insecure, you think you're inadequate, come on, you are not undeserving. Those thoughts are getting your way. You need to find your full potential and you can't do it with negative thoughts. So let's start changing it. That's so good. And you you mentioned you mentioned also in James and talking about getting getting at somebody that you can just be honest with and vulnerable with. Something I, I'm I'm here, I'm here in in our house, Megan and the kids have traveled to the U.S. ahead of me so they could spend a little bit longer. And I've, so I'm here alone. And I, I'm, I actually tend to like be, being alone. And I, 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 I get something out of that. And I spend time with the Lord. I know it's real spiritual sounding, right? But I, I like those moments. But I actually discovered something when I was here um, alone because I'm in my house. I'm in my own environment. Um, I, I discovered that I'm alone with my own thoughts. I'm used to the noise. I'm used to everything taking place around me. And as soon as I was alone and, and vulnerable, is, it's almost when all the thoughts come in and the vulnerability is there. And it's almost like vulnerability can take me to two places. It can take me to a very negative place with a negative reaction where the enemy can come and tempt you in vulnerability and he can take those thoughts or I can be vulnerable before God. And that vulnerability is where I actually encounter him and, and meet him. And I've actually, when, when I felt that being here, I actually saw that throughout my life. It was when I was very vulnerable. I had, I had great moments of encounter with God, but we can almost, we can, um, make that happen too by by finding somebody we can come to and be vulnerable with that it's not it's not about them but they facilitate an encounter with god you know each other coming together our goal as counselors as biblical counselors with christians united here at summit church is not to teach people to rely on us but to rely on him. So we use a method. We call it four steps to freedom. Yes. And in that place, uh, it, it is a tool that can be used by all of us at any time on any situation, any issue. It's very simple. But in that, we're relying on Holy Spirit to speak truth to us. Well, one of um, uh oh, my little mind went somewhere. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's just talk about the four step. Oh, I know. I was going to talk about, say something about James 5.16, finding a heaven and James 5.16 partner and how important it is. That is not somebody you go to every time something happens, that phone call and all that. But those are those situations that the enemy wants to hold you in shame in. Nobody knows about it. So he uses shame and then we go into guilt and then we go into fear and then we back away and we put, separate ourselves from God in our relationship because we feel so shameful. So those are those places that, boy, get that James 5.16 partner that you need to go to. You can trust. This is private. This is personal. Hold on to it and uh, that they can pray with you and then find those that will pray with you anytime. But I always, when someone calls me and says, oh, this is going on and I don't know what to do and I've been working with them for a while and go, oh, what did the Holy Spirit say when you prayed? Oh, I haven't. Uh, well, I haven't prayed yet. I just called you. I said, okay, well, talk to Holy Spirit and call me back and tell me what he said. Cool. Because we need to learn to go to the source first. And yeah. then he'll let us know. Now, I need you to be in agreement with someone mm. because he puts us as that James 5, 16 together. So the prayer we use, the four steps to freedom is based on James 4, 7. So it's just a model. And we have a short prayer we use for anything uh, that kind of we have it on a little card that's kind of generic and you fill in. But basically, it's as simple as the first thing you recognize in this issue and situation, because we, we always often think it's the other person or that, but we always have a part somewhere. So we go, where do I repent or forgive to them who myself, all of the above? So first thing we do, we repent or forgive. The second thing we do, we tell the devil to shut up. It is okay to tell the devil to shut up. We absolutely say, shut up, devil. I break your assignment off of me right now in this situation. And then the third thing we do is we say, Holy Spirit, heal my body, my mind, my soul, whatever's being affected in this place. Heal me, oh Lord. And then the very last question, we go, what else, Holy Spirit? Is there anything else in this issue that I need? what I need to do here. And you you learn how to hear Holy Spirit by doing that. But you also hear Holy Spirit as you're you're just kind of giving yourself a minute and saying, Holy Spirit, what else do you want me to know? Is there anything else? It could he you could just release you. It could be nothing could be the answer. But I love how he'll say, hey, you forgot about this part in this where you did so and so, or you need to forgive them for this part. Like, oh my gosh, that's right. I am resentful to them for that. And he'll let you know, because he wants us free more than we want to be free. And it's just a beautiful four step. So we repent and forgive. Shut up, devil. Heal me, Lord. What else, Holy Spirit? So that's I actually have, Jan, some of your bookmarks with that. I'll bring them to church when I'm back from the U.S. I literally leave in the morning, so I can't bring them to church for this Sunday, but I will have them. So they'll be available at the connect table um, once I'm back to, to get those to everybody. So then you can have that. But remember that too. It's a, that's definitely a powerful prayer. Jan, we're almost out of time. Jan and I could talk all day because we're always, we're all on this app called Marco Polo videoing and sharing sermon ideas and preaching to each other. So we could do this all day. And I'm sure we will when I see you soon, um, have great conversations just like this. Jan, before we go, could you just pray for us? Um, and maybe maybe there's people right now sitting, uh, watching online. Welcome everybody online as well, watching. And um, those sitting in the Kino in the movie theater right now, um, maybe, maybe you're recognizing some of these things to be freed from. And maybe, Jan, 
um, I didn't plan this out or anything, but maybe like you were sitting across the table from us, um, just maybe we take a moment and, and go through that and pray. Um, and, and, and I'm just going to believe that God is healing right now. God is setting people free. Holy Spirit, we're inviting you into this moment to do what only you can do. Um, so Jan, would you mind praying for us? However you feel led would be awesome. I would like to pray that four-part prayer uh, and let just I'll pause and they fill in the blank. And then when you come, I'll send those little four by four cards back with you. They'll have that on as well. If if I have time to do that, do I have yeah. time to do that? Yeah, I think, I think so. I wasn't really keeping track like a good preacher does, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, we're doing but, great. But Holy Spirit, good, keep please. track. Yeah. <laughs> All right, because it's a good day, everybody there in Germany. God bless you. Thank you for letting me come to your church today. Remember to take up your mat, put it at the doorstep so you can keep stepping on the head of the enemy and that he's tried to attack you, your home, your life, and just stay strong. So I'm going to pray this prayer with you. And I want you to think that anything Daniel and I talked about through this time together that came to you go, ooh, yeah, I do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get rid of it today. So Heavenly Father, by my free will, I choose to forgive. So is that you or someone else? For what? Think about it a moment. I release them, I release myself, and I cancel any debt or obligation to me or anyone else right now. And Lord, I know I can't change anyone but myself. Teach me how, Lord. Father, I command all negative trigger points through sight, sound, smells, taste, or feelings associated with any spirit of trauma for actions or attitudes in my life to be broken in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I cancel all shame and guilt the enemy is using against me, and I repent for my part in any sinful feelings and responses to any situation that came to my mind during this time this morning. I forgive myself because you've forgiven me, Lord, and I cancel Satan's power and authority over me in this memory, in this situation. Lord, I ask you to set it straight inside of me right now. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Holy Spirit, come and heal my body, heal my mind, heal my soul. Tell me your truth about this memory that came up, this situation, God, that I may release myself and others. Lord, what is it, Holy Spirit, you want me to know? In Jesus' name, I pray. Father, I bless everyone listening. And I thank you again for an opportunity. And I bless you with healing. I bless you with finances. I bless you with health. I bless you with wholeness. I bless you with joy and a peaceful life. I bless you with knowing the true identity your creator has designed inside of you to be. And I command that identity to wake up and come forward and become who you truly are, your purpose and your destiny in life that you'll go forward in that place and i just bless you with an amazing day in jesus name amen amen thank amen you. thank you so much jan what an amazing time soon you will be with us in person i believe that jan's <laughs> been trying to make it over so we're going to believe she's going to be here in person soon everyone have a wonderful sunday we love you so much and look forward to seeing you when we are back love you love you <laughs>